Kazari holding Maimah Hamishi, when he goes through abbreviated rules of the Amunah, we're holding in Parikvav. This particular Ikki is going to bring, lines up exactly with what the Rambam brings as one of the Ikra Amunah as well. And that is in Lashna Rambam, the Maimah Murashlam, Shavari, Yisparam Shmoy, Eloi Guf, Vilaya Sigul, Masugi Aguf. Which means HaKadosh Baruch is not physical, and no physical parameters apply to him. And even though the Torah sometimes refers to Hashem as, so to speak, in the physical sense, that's meant to be, the Gemara always says, for us to be able to relate to the idea, but obviously it's not referring to uh, describing Hashem by something physical, because by definition HaKadosh Baruch can't be physical. The reason we already saw previously, and there is something physical, is something which is limited. And being as a Kaddish Baruch is unlimited, so we made it, we can't use anything physical as a means of describing it. So when the Kazari brings that to sight, he says, Perekvav, Ha'erekim, and Enoguf. Shem is not a body. Ki'aguf, Enoguf, Enoguf, A body is something which changes can apply to. It's not staying the same way forever. And therefore something which by definition will be affected by change is something which is therefore bound by by whatever parameters we're going to give it, and therefore it's not something which, was, which is unchanging. It's an interesting line. He says it's something which things can change, so then it's metzias isn't something which is lasting. It's something which happens to be like that because nothing changes, but it's subject to change. And if that's the case, so then we don't see the way it is as something which has to be. Now, let's just explain this principle. That's the principle that Ram talks about as well. And that is, something can either be have a certain feature because it's intrinsically like that, or it happens to have it, but it doesn't have to be like that. So, just to give an example, um, we talk about color. There's some things which naturally have a color. And some things which, they are colored, but it doesn't have to be like that. You can wash the color off. So, for example, the uh, Roshna uh, a person who is naturally dark-skinned, that's intrinsic, it's not changeable. A person who has put something on themselves which makes their skin look darker, and you can take it back off again, so then it's not intrinsic, it happens to be like that. And now if you're going to take this a step further, so then anything which is subject to change, so then you're going to call that something which is something which is not intrinsically like that, it just happens to be like that, even if it often happens to be like that, or it happens to be like that uh, in a lot of different cases. Mashanka and something which, uh, which, but if it's something which could be changed, it's not an intrinsic part of something. Whereas something which is unchangeable, so then, then we can say that that's a quality, that's an, uh, something which is intrinsic, is, as we call it an MS, to, to what we're talking about. So when we're talking about something which has, is, is subject to change, so even if right now it's a certain way, but it doesn't have to be that way, so then we can say that. Since you crave Omicra, things could change it, so then we can't say that it definitively has a certain characteristic. For example, a person. It's like a simple example. Most people can see. But is sight something which is intrinsically part of a human being? No. Because it could be something which change a person that you could have a person who can't see. So even though Baruch Hashem, that's rare, and most people do see and can see, but we can't say it's something which is intrinsic to a human being. It's something which most people have, but it could be that something could change and a person would lose his ability to see. Whereas we're talking about something which is uh, unchangeable, so then that's something which is which is part of it, the MS. Like in the Shama. 
like uh, the fact, well, I mean, the Neshama itself, yeah. But the Neshama in a person is also changeable, a person can die. But if you're talking about something which is the Neshama itself, which is something unchangeable, so then that's, that's intrinsic to, to that, to, to itself. And that's why I said that when you talk about Hashem's only goof, means a goof is something which could be changed. And Akkadish Baruch, nothing about him is changeable. So there's nothing about Hashem which is a mikra, which happens to be like that, and because, but it could change. The, the, the definition of something which is not subject to change, it's, it's, it's whatever it is, is intrinsic and internal. So we talk about something which doesn't have a goof. Ki amikra midase b'goof anaiseh. With things which cause for change, so that's the result which the body will be subject to. Because isn't limited, and there's no way of defining him on one side and not, and not something else. Anything which we can define is really by the process of we define what it is as compared to what it isn't. So then you have to have two sides. Uh, or two, 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 two uh, extremes, and we can define something as being more like one, not like the other. And then by that process, we can define things. For example, anything in the brain. So whatever parameters you're going to give, we'll define what it is in terms of what it is and what it's not. So even if we're talking about inanimate things, it's something which is alive or not alive. It's something which. Has, has has a certain shape or doesn't. It's something which uh, which looks a certain way or as a person who don't look that way. So the the way we we talk about let's say a star, it's something which we would define as inanimate, having a certain mass, having a certain shape, having a certain color, having certain properties, and all of those things are are in relation to something else which wouldn't have that, and therefore we can see the difference. A stone is not the same as air, is not the same as water, is not the same as a tree, because the way we're going to define it is what it has and other things don't, or what it doesn't have and other things do. And that kind of way of defining something is is because there's what it is and what it's not. So I can define the one against the other one. And so then if you're going to talk about a person, if you're going to describe Yankel as opposed to Reuven, so then you're going to describe him by what Yankel has and Reuven doesn't, or what Reuven has and Yankel doesn't. So describe as having hair, not having hair, having a beard, not having a beard, having glasses, this color eyes, that color eyes, whatever it's going to be, but you're defining him as by what he has as compared to the alternative, what there isn't. And then we can identify what you're talking about. Whereas when you're talking about Akkadis Baruch, we don't have that option. Because we can't define Hashem by what he is compared to what he isn't. Because in terms of definition of Hashem, there isn't a limit. In other words, we can say Hashem is a creator and he hasn't been created, and he's spiritual, not physical. That's true, but it doesn't explain anything to us. We don't have a frame of reference where we can define what is Hashem as compared to what's not, because in any area we're going to define Hashem, so there isn't the other option. So, just using a complicated way of philosophy, to explain a simple point. And the simple you said is that HaKadosh Baruch isn't something which, is, which we can define by, by defining what He is and what He's not. Now, let's, let's make it much simpler. You know, very often when you're in situations where people, you're answering questions to an audience who's still not yet from or, or interested in finding out, so everyone thinks of this genius question that is going to disprove Yiddishkeit. I don't know why everyone follows the same question, but everyone has the same question. And the question I always ask is, um, can Akkadish Baruch Hu, uh, 
that HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates a rock you can't pick up. Or in different words, can Hashem create another Hashem? Or anything like that. And I think, well, it's a stereo, right? Because there's nothing Hashem can't do. So if you're saying Hashem can create a rock that you can't pick up, you can't pick it up. And if you're saying Hashem can't do that, then it's something you can't do. So that's meant to be a stereo which just proves everything. And the whole question is a mistake, and uh, it's, it's just based on a misunderstanding. All questions like that nature. There are lots of things Hashem can't do. There are lots and lots of things Hashem can't do. And it's not a stereo to Hashem to say things He can't do. Hashem can't forget, Hashem can't make a mistake, Hashem can't die, and Hashem can't, uh, uh, can't do something wrong. All these things are lots of Hashem is limited, yes, 100%. There are lots of things Hashem can't do because Hashem is the definition of not doing everything. Hashem is the definition of perfection. And therefore, anything which isn't perfect, Hashem can't do. So if we're going to talk about forgetting, making mistakes, misjudging the situation, uh, leaving something out, whatever the case might be, are all signs of imperfections. And then that's the case, Hashem is perfect. So anything which is which is not perfect, so then Hashem can't do Hashem can't have hard feelings, and Hashem can't have Yetzirah, and Hashem can't do Naveri. These are all mistakes. These are all things which are wrong. Hashem isn't the concept of, and we can't apply the negative to it. Hashem is something which is perfect. And we can't limit him because Hashem is perfection. And so to go with the question, can Hashem create a rock he can't lift up? The answer is not. Because if we're talking about ability, Hashem is ability to everything. That's not just there. And that's the side. Answer is no or yes? Whatever you want. It comes to the same thing. In other words, to try and find something that's, well, you said he can't. That doesn't prove anything. Hashem is perfection. Whatever perfection is, he is. Whatever perfection is not, he's not. And that's, that's, but if you want to, but you're not describing him in relative terms. You're talking him as, as being in every area which is perfect, he's perfect. In every area which is imperfect, he's not. So that's not that's not a, that's a distinction based on concept. Whereas if you can't talk about something in relative terms, you're talking about as compared to something else. So then we then that's in which we call a goof. Something which can be defined in relation to other things. So then you're going to define why it's different to other things. In that, in that area, there's no, there's no relative terminology. Uh, Hashem isn't more perfect than something else or less perfect than something. Hashem is perfection. There's no, there's no frame of reference. So when you're talking about a person compared to a different person, I'll draw the frame of reference why he's different to him. Why this one, this thing is different to that thing. When you're talking about Hashem, there's no frame of reference. That's what he means here. There's no, there's no way to define what he is compared to something else. But imagine we can talk about the understanding of the, the principle that Hosh Baruch exists, but we can't define him as a goof, which means something which is uh, finite or, or limited to a certain sense, as opposed to something else. Okay, that's uh, the, the, the one principle we're going to learn And the second one, in Parakzai, Kuzari says, Harekim Yedea called over Katan Vagadol, Hashem knows everything. There's nothing that, that is possible for Hashem not to know. He is Bayer, because he explains to who Bayer Hakol, he created everything, the Sidra set it up, the Tikme, and he established it. Kamosh Ramah, the Pastor says, Hanoite Oizen, Halay Yishma, Emirate Ayn, Halay Yabit. The one who creates the ear, is it possible for him not to hear? The one who creates fashion eyes, is it possible not to see? The Amagam Khoshet, Ayashat, Nimeko, the dark, can't be too dark for Hashem to be aware of. The Amaki, it, Kiyatok, and Yusukil Yosa. You acquired my thoughts. Now, this is the Yisraeli Nebona, but really it needs explanation. And that is, the Ramah says the same thing in the Tenth Acre, and the Yisraeli Nebona Shleimah Shabari, Yisparah Shmoy, 
Hashem knows everything a person does and everything a person thinks. So, obviously it is like that. How do we prove it? How can we prove that it must be Hashem knows what people think? And that's firstly the proof. And then the second stage is, how does Hashem know what people think? So, there's two stages over here. The first stage, there's a... People don't often think this direction, but there's actually a very simple proof. And that is, every country in the world has certain has certain laws, and they make rules, and they have certain penalties to enforce the rules. If you're going to make a law, if you disobey the law, this is going to be the penalty. So just as an example, um, most countries in the world have decided that people who are texting on their phones or talking on the phone when they're driving are a traffic hazard and they cause accidents. And therefore they're going to make a law that you're not allowed to be using your phone when you're driving. And there'll be a penalty. If we catch you using a phone when you're driving, then we're going to find you. Or take away your license or whatever we're going to do. And that, that's a system which is uh, meant to solve a problem. And it's enforceable that we can try and send the police to check are people uh, obeying or not. And if not, then we can we can levy, le- use the leverage of the punishment to prevent people doing it again. Now let me ask you a question. Let's say we would come to the Moscona, you know there's another big problem. Some traffic accidents are caused by people who are talking on their phones, but some traffic accidents are caused by people who are daydreaming, not paying attention to the road. So let's make a law. It's against the law to daydream when you're driving. It'll stop a lot of accidents. Now, no country in the world has such a law. Why not? It's very simple. Not because it's not logical, but because it's not enforceable. How are you going to find out if a person did it or didn't do it? And if that's the case, by, by definition, any law that we're going to make, we have to take into consideration, is there a way for us to catch a person breaking this law? Is there a way for us to, to police it? And if we have no way of knowing if people are doing it or not, then there's no point making the law because it's completely unenforceable. Similarly, every country doesn't want people rebelling against the country. And of course, there are going to be severe penalties for anyone they can conspiring to overthrow the government or collaborating with the enemy or anything like that. Now, what about people who are thinking of conspiring against the country? We should really outlaw that too. Except, no one does because it's the same reason. It's unenforceable. If a, there's no action. There's no, there's no way to know. We might not want people thinking about how they're going to commit crimes, how they're going to work against the country, but since we have no way of knowing what they're thinking, so we can't, it's ridiculous to enact laws which aren't enforceable. And that's so obviously understood that you'll see no, no country in the world will ever try and enact laws to curtail people's thoughts or anything like that because it's, it's, there's, no way to, there's no way to know what you, if they're listening or not listening. So there's no, as much as it might be logical, there's no way to enforce the law. Okay, that's very understandable. Now if that's the case, when the Torah comes along and gives us a list of rules, are things which apply to a person's thoughts. So then, how is the Torah in, in making legislation of what we can and can't do regarding a person's thoughts? Don't hate your brother in your heart. Uh, don't take revenge. Don't bear a grudge. Love Hashem. Fear Hashem. Uh, don't be swayed by your thoughts or your feelings. How can the Torah make such rules? Don't be jealous. All right. The answer must be that as much as it makes sense to us, but the only point of making a law is if the law is enforceable. And if that's the case, in the very fact that Hashem makes so many halachas which restrict or direct a person's feelings and a person's thoughts, that's because they're enforceable. 
And if that's the case, then Hashem is in the position to tell us to do or not to do in our thoughts, in, in our feelings, because it's, He knows about it and He can reward and punish for that. And if you think about it, it's, 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 like I said, it, it, that itself is the proof that Hashem Baruch knows what you think and what you say and what you feel. Because the, the only point of making a law is if it's a law which can be enforced. So the fact that such laws exist, that's the right that Hashem knows. Okay, so that's the first point. So that's how we know that Hashem knows. Now the question is, but how does He know? How does He know? How does Hashem know what a person is thinking and feeling and everything else? So the answer is twofold. There's a simple answer and there's a more complicated answer. The so you're saying no government Hashem knows. So there's two ways to answer the question. The first way is And let's give let's give a simple marshal to explain the Hashem's principle. Imagine you have a computer. The computer has two parts. It has a keyboard and a screen. Now, imagine that the two aren't next to each other. It's like a wireless keyboard. So you have a person who's sitting like, in a secret corner. He thinks, I'm going to tap buttons on the keyboard. No one knows what I'm pressing. No one knows what words I'm tapping. No one can see what I'm doing. I'm in some quiet corner. No one's allowed to see me. But the person doesn't realize that the keyboard's connected to the screen. And therefore, not only is it known what you're doing, it's completely visible. You might think you're typing and no one can see what the letters you're typing on the keyboard, but the don't realize it's a screen. And let's say it's a very big screen and everybody can see exactly what you're typing because they can all see the screen. So if, if that's the system, so the person will how did you catch me? How did you know what I was doing? It wasn't hard. Everything you did was broadcast on a big screen and we could all watch it. So Nehemiah Zechayim explains the world works the same way. Uh, what a person does here is like tapping, tapping the keys. And whatever, whatever a person does here has an effect in Shemayim. And that's clearly to see. It's not hard, it's visible. Whoever can see in, in, or any, anything in the, in the, in the Shemayim, who can see effects happen. You can see straight away what a person does. Uh, it's like broadcast on the screen of Shemayim. So you can say, how did you catch me? How did you know what I was doing? It's not hard at all. <laughs> Everything you do has an immediate effect. And therefore you think you're doing something in private that no one knows about. You don't realize that you, everything is being broadcast publicly in Shemayim. And as the Chazal say, I don't know how to Person arrives in Shemayim, thinking that there are other thoughts, feelings, ideas, uh, things that don't even actions that he thinks no one knows about. He doesn't realize everybody knows everything. Everybody knows everything. It's all completely visible. And that's, so then it's not a chiddush how Hashem knows. It's not a chiddush. It's possible. Everything you do here, the effect is is, is clear. The effect is open, the effect is visible. Even people cannot. Even people cannot. If a person is on enough of a level of richness, then they can know what other people have done. They can sense it. So to say that Hashem knows is Pasha. It's, it's something which a person thinks they're keeping high. They don't realize that the action might be quiet, but the result is, is broadcast. So the result is public. And that's why we have stories of Gudani. People can tell people what they don't know. They could see it. So there's no question, how does Hashem know? It's, 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 it's obvious, it's public knowledge. So we say, not just Hashem. But you should, uh, the Messiah Hashem makes it public. In Shemayim, no, in this world, maybe not. 
in Shemaim, it's, it's not, it's, uh, it's not something which is hidden. The deterrence, the Torah is telling us, is Hashem knows. Hashem knows, so don't think you're going to do things Hashem doesn't know about. Now, that's the first point. But there's a second, there's a second Mahalach to explain how Hashem knows what people do. And that's what he's, what the Rambam and the Kazari brought from Sikhapal. The Kazari brings the Pasuk of, Hashem created the ears, so of course you can hear. Hashem created the eye, of course you can see. Now means the Pasuk, Since you created their heart, you know what they're thinking. What's the logic of that? It's really the Pasukim, what's the logic? Because Hashem creates an ear, it means he can hear everything which is being said. Because Hashem creates an eye, it means he can see everything which is visible. What? Because Hashem creates a heart, he knows what people think. What's, what's the what's the mahalach in that? What's the mahalach in that? In other words, by human beings, it doesn't work like that. But just because I create a camera, it doesn't mean that I can see everything that you can pick up with your camera. So when we're talking about uh, the fact that Hashem creates abilities in a person, must be he has the same ability. What's the what's the connection? Why does the one follow the other? Especially what he's creating is physical, and he's not physical. Right. So what's the what's the yisod? What's the yisod? So let's talk about the eye and the ear first, because that's easier to explain. But it's not to go to the next point, which the Rambam says. When it comes to the eye and the ear, so the yisod is like this: that the the navi isn't, I mean, the pasuk isn't trying to prove to you that because Hashem creates an ear, that proves to us that Hakadosh Baruch Hu can hear. It doesn't need a proof. But uh, what the positive means that I know to Ozen, I know Yishma, the person who creates the world, is not right for him to hear, means that he can hear everything that every ear can hear. And again, let's give a marshal to explain this idea. And that is, imagine that I made a system which it can pick up, uh, can pick up any sound. Now, the fact that I give you an access to, hear, to that system doesn't mean that I have a system that I can access that too. In other words, if I if I set up a system which will pick up any kind of noise, so then the fact that you that you have a way to listen into it doesn't mean that uh, the creator of the system he can he can for sure listen into it. And uh, what the, therefore the basic saying is that the concept that Hashem Baruch gave people the ability to hear is Hashem just giving them a koyach which is really a koyach he has. It's the same. It's, a, it's not like you're giving somebody a machine that they can use the machine. It's nothing to do with you. It's a koyach, and that koyach is something Hashem has. Just to a certain extent, He allows a person to have it also, and but in a more limited fashion. So there's a certain amount that Hashem gives a person the ability to hear. It has a certain frequency or a certain nearness to the sound, whatever it's going to be that a person can pick up. But it's a koyach that Hashem has. So Hashem has the ability to hear, and a certain amount that He gave to a person. So. The battery side is that that ability to hear is by Hashem and by Him, again, it's not limited. And so, anything which is possible to hear, so Akadish Baruch has a kayak to hear. And the proof of that, again, if we understand that it's the ability to hear is a kayak, so whatever Hashem gives that kayak to, He's giving them some of that kayak that He has of hearing. And so whether it's an animal, whether it's a bird, whether it's insect, whatever level of hearing we're talking about. But that is all a chalik of Hashem's ability to hear. And therefore, if, there, if, if there's so many things Hashem's given that would share that ability with, so we understand that the, the real koyak is by Him. No matter anything which could be heard, so 
he has, he has the ability to hear it. So then when it comes to sight, we're talking about the Kayach to be able to see. So, that, so wherever Hashem is giving the Kayach, He's giving a Kayach of His ability to see. Every matter that, so everyone's ability to see is limited to obviously where they are and how, much, how good their vision is and what, the, what, what their angle is, whatever they're able to see. But it's all Chalakim of the Kayach that Hashem gives. So we see in each of in each person or each being being's ability to see. It's all the chayyim of Hashem's ability to see. And remember, then what people can see for sure, Hashem can see. That's uh, the first part. That's what the possible. That's how he explains the possible. And and remember, so then we see that Hashem's kaiyus have to obviously. If Hashem is going to share the Koyach with somebody, it means it has to be a Koyach he has. And if Hashem is sharing the Koyach of hearing with anything in the Bria which can hear, that's all part of the Koyach he has. So you know, it must be he's able to hear all of that too. And the same thing applies to uh, sight. If you understand it on that level, then we can take it to the next level, which is the Rambam. And then it's Ayatsi Yachadibam. If HaKadosh Baruch creates people with the ability to feel, then that's also something which is coming from him. And, and Zimela. Whatever a person can feel is something which is a kayak which Hashem is giving that person. So obviously the, the, the source of the kayak comes from Hashem. Now, that, that's the way we explain it, okay? But to make it something we can relate to and understand better, there's one more point we have to explain. And that is, we're not talking about an object. We're not talking about a, a physical thing. Like I said before, you ask a question. I can build cameras and then I can give you my camera and then you can see and I can't see. We're not talking about something like that because then there's no proof. Um, and rather, what the Gemara says, when the Gemara talks in Nida about the formation of the person, so the Gemara says that the father and the mother together create the body, and Akadish Baruch gives the ability to see, the ability to hear, the ability to feel, the ability to talk. Not the eyes and the ears. Those are created as part of the physical body, not the heart and the mouth. Those are created as part of the physical body too. But rather, once that physical body is there, Hashem gives them a kayak. And the kayak of vision, or the kayak of hearing, the kayak of speech, the kayak of feeling, are all, so to speak, kayaks which Hashem attaches that person to. And as long as he's alive. And now the Gemara says, when a person dies, Hashem takes his kayak back out of him. And now the body is still there, but it doesn't have those, uh, the ability to connect to all the kayaks which were there when he was alive. So if we understand all these things Hashem is doing, is giving a connection to a certain kayak. So then we understand that those, that's all connected to him. There's a certain chalak of his kairos which he's giving to a person for the duration of their lifetime. And then <coughs> using the fact that a person can use a kairos is really using a kairos that they got from Hashem. You may have when said, Hashem know everything people say. Of course he does. For the same reason. The kairos of speech comes from him. And if that's the case, the fact that he's giving a person the ability to speak when the person speaks, so then that's a certain which Hashem gives the person, so then of course if, if, if it's, it's coming from him. Of course the, 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 he's aware of, so to speak, since they're taking the kayak from him, so of course he knows what's being said. I'll give you a simple mushroom, something which is actually very interesting, and this is a mushroom to the Sadir, and I'll with this. And that is, like I said, if I'm selling hardware, the fact that you bought it from me and you put it in your house, I have no idea what you're doing with it. That's, that's, that has nothing to do with me anymore. But if I'm providing power, so then I can tell exactly how much power you're using because you take it from me. And we saw this when we went to Azrabaran to check how the electricity grid works to discuss how it works in Shabbos. 
Ba'atim in every building, maybe sometimes the second building is not so big, is a meter which sends information back to them how much electricity is being drawn at any given time. And they have a pseudo computer which keeps a track of exactly the, the total draw of the current at any given time. So you can think, one second, if I put lights in my bedroom, do they know about it? The answer is yes, they do. Because it's not talking about an object, it's talking about a power. And if you're drawing powers, then of course it registers, you've taken more power. But how do they know what I'm doing, in which machinery I'm putting on in the privacy of my house? The answer is it's connected to a power grid. And once you're taking power, they know about it. And they can tell exactly how much power you're using. So, that's, so if you understand it in a Rukhni sense, it's the same idea. What a person does is taking kayak. And of course, a Kodesh Baruch who is always providing that kayak, of course he knows what you're taking. Because he's aware of it the whole time, you're taking it from him. So he made it's not a Kiddush that Hashem knows what a person thinks and sees and does and hears. Because each of those things needs a kayak which they, is like taking power from the grid. It's taking kayak which Hashem is giving, so of course he's aware of what's being done. And that's why both of these things we understand is you say, number, the, number one, the proof that Hashem does know everything we do, that's why he can legislate. And number two, how do we know that Hashem knows? Number one, because the results are broadcast, but more than that, the kayak being used is something that's coming from him. And we made it, he knows exactly what's being taken. And because of that, so we made it, we know that there's this principle that, and it's a principle of Imunna. A person can't do something which Hashem doesn't know about. And therefore, everything which a person does is known, is judged, and is either going to be rewarded or punished. Quick question. Yeah. But once we know that a 